the bullies. Laugh in the face of danger. Fight for truth. Going where no conservative has gone before. It's time for the Kelly Truth Squad with William J. Kelly. The Truth Squad's weekend review begins right now. Welcome to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And um, we have a ridiculously big show here today. Very big issues. I mean, the biggest issues of our time, the biggest personalities, and, um, and the principles that go behind the issues. So, uh, so we're going to get started right away. Mo- uh, we've got the legendary Maureen O'Loughlin uh, here. Thank you, Maureen. Uh, notify the affiliates that we're definitely going to be going over again this week. I apologize. I know that that always puts you in a lot of trouble. But, uh, but um, you know, here's the thing. This is the, the truth squad. This is the one show where people can actually go to find the truth. And, um, and we can't, you know, obviously fit it all in one show. All the, all the stories, all the personalities, and all the issues that all the other shows and networks refuse to air. Uh, and uh, as usual, we have Warner Todd Houston with us here today. How are you doing, brother? Here for the really big show. <laughs> Thank you for being here, as always. Um, but, uh, you know what, let's just get started right away with someone who was on, who was on, who was actually on one of our very first shows. And, um, and really kind of, um, I, her, you know, her career has been, uh, taking off along, you know, along with the truth squad, uh, Krista branch, Krista, are you there? I am here. How are you doing partner? How are you? I'm doing great. Ah, uh, well, you know, I, um, I always appreciate you. And whenever I'm down, I always listen to your song. I am America. And it always, uh, it always gives me, uh, you know, kind of that extra motivation and inspiration to keep going. That's, I mean, that's kind of the idea, um, but, you know, it was just what we were feeling at the time, so, you know, yes. it's always a fun one to sing, especially, you know, especially now. Yes, you know, indeed. I, I get invited to events to sing that song, and it's always, it's always a popular one. Well, I'll tell you what, I will invite you to our events. Hey, okay. have you ever been to Chicago? Uh, yeah, briefly. Not, not for very long, though. Okay. I'd like to come visit again, for sure. Well, 100%, yes. Do you have any plans uh, to visit anytime soon? Uh, I don't think anything is in the, on the books as of yet. Okay, <laughs> so well, in that case, you know what? We are going, well, then, by all means, we're, we are going to bring you to Chicago for a, uh, for a Truth Squad event. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously, we've got the primary coming up in Chicago, or in Illinois, I should say, March 20th. And uh, at the rate things are going, uh, the pre- you know the Republican presidential primary is probably still going to be up for grabs, <laughs> even by March twentieth. Right. It'll it'll right. be up for grabs by November. <laughs> it'll be like no. We may have a whole new flank, a, a whole new uh, set of candidates coming. <laughs> you know, everyone keeps saying, "No, we don't want these guys. Let's get new guys." Yeah, Ron yeah. Paul will be like, "I am not getting out of the race. The election <laughs> was yesterday. I don't care." <laughs> but um, uh, but anyway. Have any of the candidates, current candidates, have they, have any of them actually uh, reached out to you for a uh, uh, to 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 use your song for their campaigns? Uh, no, actually, um, none of them ha- have. But I think it's kind of um, sort of a blessing too for me because for me it's about it's about the movement, you know, sure. about the fact that we just have to make sure that. Um, that we do our job as a country and rise up, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, I, you know, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to, you know, sort of just make sure that my support, especially goes to whoever the candidate may yes. be. Yes. We have got to put our support behind this person. So I agree. Um, 
So. And it's not oh, yeah. about any, yeah, and it's not about any one candidate. It's about a movement. Right. It's about uh, uh, the, the issues and the principles until I become the candidate. Then it'll be all about me. <laughs> okay, then it's all about you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, if I sound a little different than the last time, you sound perfect. You, are, you sound great. And, um, but uh, if I sound a little different, I had a, um, um, I guess you could say, a, a, like some type of a flu bug. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, yes. but. Yeah, but so I'm a little scratchy. I'm for that. I'm a little scratchy, but uh, no, um, okay. <laughs> but uh, but so so I won't be singing today, Krista. Oh man. Yeah, I'm, uh, but uh, but you know what? You and I, I, I think we're destined to do a duet someday. Okay. Are you a singer? You know I am. Awesome. I, no, I, I, lo- I love to sing. You know you are. I love you to dance. You know you am. The rest <laughs> of us may not know you am, but you know you am. I, I love to, I, lo- I sing, I dance, I tell jokes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, um, if you had a glass eye, you'd be Sammy Davis. And, and from time to time, I'll, I'll, I'll even give a speech. Um, but, um, but anyway, well, then you, you definitely can one up me there then because speeches are not my forte. Oh, come <laughs> on, come on. But, um, now the, the truth is I I've noticed one, a, a kind of a weird phenomenon. Every election cycle, you'll have a Republican candidate who will be playing some popular song it's like uh, to ra- to ra- uh, to kind of um, rev up the the audience yeah. right yeah. and then inevitably the um, you know the musician will come out and, and threaten to sue the Republican I candidate know. it always seems to happen doesn't it yeah I would not sue for sure <laughs> well you know I, I wonder how those things ever end up getting settled or if they do but um, but it always no yeah it's always a Republican candidate you know it's never like you know Bruce Springsteen oh, no. is out there like hey stop playing my songs at that Democrat rally you right, know or exactly. like Bob Dylan hey stop playing my songs at the Democrat rally you know but yeah. um but with uh but when whenever a Republican plays a song it's always like hey I'm gonna sue that guy uh, the the most recent example of that is Newt Gingrich with the uh, with the uh, with the song Eye of the Tiger from Survivor right right. A Chicago band, by the way. I, the first concert I ever went to in my life was in the uh, uh, Brother Rice uh, Auditorium, and uh, it was a double bill, Survivor, and, um, oh, wow, another band that uh, I think had one hit, and I think they're also suing Newt Gingrich, oddly enough, strangely. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a double bill, Survivor, and another band, and, oh, man, oh, man, I can't think of what that other band is right now. But, um, but anyway, that was my first concert, and... Um, now, what, what, what is kind of, uh, like, for example, let's just say, for example, Krista, if all of a sudden Mitt Romney just started playing the heck out of I Am America, um, would you threaten to sue him? Well, no, I wouldn't. That's my, that's my take on it. And I think, you know, if it was another, you're, you're right, a lot of times a candidate on the, on the liberal side or democrat or whatever mm-hmm. um they it doesn't really matter what they play um you don't really hear you're right you just don't really hear of of the artists getting offended by that you know right um and i think there's just a safety in being able to associate uh with the democrat with, you know with the de- democratic movement if you're a musician than there is if you're a conservative um i'm, I'm really honestly not entirely sure why that is well, you know, it seems to me that this is a huge opportunity for you because you've got nothing but Republican candidates out there that are just dying for a freaking theme song. Yeah. Now, yeah. why don't you, uh, now, you, now, why don't you, I'm going to tell you what, here's what I'm going to do because, um, 
Um, I, I, my goal now is, as you well know, to save democracy. This is a side, This is a pet project of mine, and I've got a bunch of different ideas and plans for how to do that. And one of them is um, what I, what I think I'm going to do is um, start a record label, um, and I'm going to sign. You're going to be my first uh, artist that I'm going to sign to this record label, and okay. I'm going to have you. Um, specifically, kind of like, you know, Motown, you know, or like the, uh, the old, um, uh, Sun Records with, uh, the million, million dollar quartet they had, they had Jerry Lee Lewis, they had Elvis, they had, you know, Johnny Cash. I'm going to just have Krista Branch and, uh, and I'm going to have you writing songs for all of the Republican candidates for public office from president on down to like Cook County Board of Review. Wow, that's a tall order. That's, and then, like and then we'll play her song on our station here, and she'll sue us. Oh no, yeah. but, but she won't sue us. She already said that. But uh, but I mean, like obviously, you got to draw the line somewhere, Chris. So like like if Hugo Chavez just started like playing the hell out of "I Am America," I mean, you know, like, what would you do? Well, I think I don't know. That's is a good is he paying royalties? Of it, but it, I think it would strike everyone as a little odd. So <laughs> it, you know, I mean, it, it would strike people as very odd. And and the truth of the matter is that this man, this man is um, obviously way outside of the uh, of the um, I guess what you would call the civilized community. Okay, and yeah. they are not, and he's not going to worry about anything to do with royalties. Um, so I don't think it would do any good to actually sue him. Um, but, um, but I, I guess what we could do is make some kind of a, an example out of him. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, but you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself now until, until that actually happens. You yeah, know, it doesn't really do any good to speculate. But, um, now there was a time there where I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, Herman Cain was playing your song or maybe just somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and that was, uh, a matter of, I had been invited to different events all oh, over yeah. the country with, with my music, singing um, that, singing my music, and he was also at some of those events, mm. and so that's kind of how we got to know each other was through those events. Sure. And, and then he just said, "Would you, you know, would you be interested in and in coming to sing that song at some of my events that I'm Ooh. going to um, set up?" And so, really, that's kind of how that got started. So you see, then, he was smart. He asked you to do it. Right, I, I yeah. think that's where some of these Republican candidates go off. They they just start playing the song without asking. I kind of thought that that was always understood that you're supposed to, uh, I don't know, maybe it's etiquette that you ask permission from the artist. So that's been a little confusing to me as far as, you know, because I just assumed that the artist already gave permission, you know, because Herman, Mr. Kane actually did ask for permission to use my song. So, um, and, and other people have, people have done, you know, patriotic projects where they've contacted me and said, can we use your song? And, you know, I just say, absolutely. But a lot of people have been very gracious to ask for permission. So I guess that's the correct, you know, the proper way to go to, to go about it. I gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, what I'd like to do right now if, uh, if, is play a little bit of uh, I Am America. Can I ask your permission, Krista? If we could just play a little bit of your song right now, please. Yes, yes you may. All right. Well, let's play a little, and we'll be back with Krista Branch.
Was, uh, that was I Am America with Krista Branch. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a sort of a fun thing for, you know, a lot of, um, well, you know, it's interesting to me the, the different demographic of people that I come across with the music because a lot of younger people are not really, you know, into politics. And mm. so um, I'm actually trying to help in that area a little bit, just trying to say, nice. you know, it, it is important. You know, you don't have to, your whole life doesn't have to become, you know, like a politician's or anything. But it is important to be aware of what your country, uh, you know, what's going on in your country, especially if you have families, if you're sure. starting family and this and that. Right. So hopefully I can sort of, you know, bring people in. Well, um, you're a perfect person to do music. that because you're cool. And, you know, so like um, so so people want to be like you. Um, they like your energy. They like your style. And uh, so um, so they, so how are you doing that? That's funny. Uh, I've never been accused of being cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, you know what, you just have to do, and this is just the same, it goes for everybody that is doing music in the conservative movement. You mm-hmm. got to do what makes you happy. Yes. You got to do the style of music that you like and that you would listen to. And that's really what it boils down to for me, because my husband wrote the song and my husband has a, um, he's got more of a country flair to him. But whenever we took it to the studio, I said, you know, I really want these certain elements in the song, and I want it to sound like this. And so that's that's how we got to where we are now. The producer was able to put into music what I was sort of envisioning. Yes. Um, and so, and I just thought, I, you know, I was very excited about it whenever it was all done. And, and, you know, we sort of just moved on from there, sort of staying in that same style, same vibe. And then, actually, I think tomorrow... There should be on iTunes. There mm. should be a new remix of the song, and it's it's what's it's in a genre called dubstep. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's more of a, a dance groove that you mm. know for for the younger folks who who want to be able to just you know groove when they listen to a song. Of course, yeah. But, so so with your collaboration with your husband there, it kind of reminds me of my marriage. It's, yes, dear, that's nice, but this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> 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 well, I think it. I think it's a good thing for he and I, you know, to work together. Oh, yeah. He is so great. He's so great at words and, you know, lyrics and wow. he's got great melodies in him. So it's, yeah. great, it's to great to have that collaborating partner right there, isn't it? Oh yeah. It's fun. It really is. Absolutely. Now, um, so, so tell me, um, so this, this is coming out on iTunes tomorrow. Yeah. It's, it's just the remix of I am America. Perfection. Perfection. Um, well, here's, um, he, that was Warner, by the way, I, Warner and I, we're collaborating on, uh, on our, uh, um, on our, on our first album. Right. 
<laughs> but, but I'm not marrying you. No. It's just not going to happen. It's, I, I don't think that that would... Uh, no, that is absolutely not going to happen, Warner. Why would you even <laughs> suggest such a thing? I thought we were trying to stick with the theme. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Warner and I are coming out of retirement. We're going to get our band back together again. You see, now that, that would be a nice... See, Warner, you see, it's all in the way you package it, okay? Of course. If we call it a reunion tour, then all of a sudden there's going to be a bunch of people out there that are just yearning for nostalgia. And I'm almost old enough to have exactly been a rocker right. in the 60s and exactly not right. be too old to try to do it. Right, exactly. <laughs> in the 2000s. And, and we can say, you know, we'll say that it's a reunion tour, that, uh, that, um, that we've been uh, living as recluses, um, because the, and that will add an era of mystery. To our, uh, to our, uh, to our, uh, our f- and, we, and then we can have what we'll call our final, like our farewell tour. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, so that way, all of a sudden, there's going to be all these people that are going to be like, what? Wait a second. How did I miss this? You know, I got to check this guy. I got to check this out. And technically speaking, I mean, we, I mean, relatively speaking, we have been living, or at least I can say for myself, I've been living essentially the life of a recluse. Um, so, um, so that's really not that far from the truth. It's not like I'm stretching the truth that far, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> until it snaps back and it, smacks you in the head. Exactly. But, um, but anyway, what am, what are we talking about here? What, what, where, where, how did we get off on that tangent? Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, so Krista here, tell me a little bit more about how you're, uh, you're bringing, you know, kind of a, a new generation of, uh, people into in, in, into, um, you know, kind of caring about their country and wanting to get involved? Oh, well, it's really just as, you know, connecting with people through music. Um, and, you know, and my career is, is I never set out to be uh, a political yes. um, figure, you know, as yeah. far as music is concerned. And, and I've just always been patriotic, and my family was always very patriotic. I remember being a kid and sure. just feeling so just blessed i mean no other word to describe it i just remember feeling so blessed that i could say that i was american and so that's just something that's sort of always been in me and i you know my husband is the same way and so when he uh wrote this song which was just based on a, a particular feeling that he was experiencing at the time we never even set out to make any patriotic songs you know what I mean? Krista, I've you, always... yeah, you know, you make such a very, very good point here. And I just realized how, how bad I am. I, I keep, like, trying be, to, based on one song that you wrote, I keep trying to, like, um, put you in this political uh, context. <laughs> when the truth okay. of the matter is, you're, you're an American, you're a human being, you're a wife, you're a, you know, a woman, you're a, you know, you're a musician. And, um, you know, to... to uh, you know, the, and the truth of the matter is that you just wrote that one song just based on your what you consider just to be normal, normal patriotic uh, beliefs that you that you think all all of us should essentially hold in common. Right, and just like any musician, every every artist is going to express themselves, whatever it is that they're feeling. And sure, um, and and you know, my heart's desire is really to just connect with people on every level. Yes, when it comes to music, but this is just one sort of, um, I guess leg of my career that I hope, you know, would impact some people to yes. just being more aware of what goes on in the country, you know, whereas they might not have been before they heard the song, you know, so. Well, there's no doubt in my mind that you have done that and that you will continue to do that. And, um, and I w- I'm totally serious. I would love to bring you to Chicago. Um, you know, we're working, you know, very, very, uh, I, I guess you could say, um, you know, in a very 
confident manner to try to uh, bring more people into, you know, into, uh, I guess, um, Republican Party politics. But, uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, into into issues and, and principles that we we care about that we think um, are are absolutely essential to the future of Chicago and the, and the state of Illinois. And yeah. it would be great to have you come in. Um, you know, my, my, my big goal, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out some deals here, Krista, to uh, bring the Republican <laughs> National Convention to the city of Chicago. Ooh, yeah, and, um, and if I'm successful in that, then guaranteed you um, and Mike are coming to Chicago and, uh, and performing uh, for us. But, but even before that, uh, you know, we've got a big primary. We've got um, a big announcement, actually, today. We're announcing that, um, well, you know, we can't give out all the details, but we are going to be bringing a nationally known um, political figure to the city of Chicago before uh, the primary, um, which is March 20th. And um, maybe we can work out a deal where we can get you and Mike to come in and perform at that event. Sure. Sounds great to me. <laughs> Let's Terrific. figure it out. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. Um, everything happens for a reason. Um, I guarantee you, uh, you know, you know, I'll uh, you know get back in touch with you or, you know, uh, the producer of our show and uh, try to work something out where we can get you and Mike um, uh, on a plane to Chicago um, in the next, um, you know, in the next, you know, couple okay. of, you know, couple yeah. of, yeah, exactly. You know, in the next, you know, three or four uh, weeks here. Okay. Right. Okay. Awesome, Krista. It's great to hear your voice again. Um, we're definitely. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Uh, it, you're welcome anytime, and um, and and um, and and hopefully, 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 Hugo Chavez is not going to start playing your song. <laughs> you know, now that you see, now that I put that out on the radio, <laughs> you see, that's. Oh, that's, I know who to come find and and chew out if I need to. <laughs> exactly, because you see, that's exactly what happens: is that we say things on the radio, and then other people. For whatever reason, you know, they jump on it, and um, it, might, it might become the theme song to his next five-hour speech. Hey, there you go. It, it might, uh, it, don't put that out there. <laughs> but uh, perfect, Krista. Hey, thanks again, and um, and hopefully we'll be seeing you in Chicago real soon. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Never fear. William J. Kelly is here. More with the Kelly Truth Squad after this. This is William J. Kelly. Now that the U.S. Supreme Court has overturned the Chicago handgun ban, it's time to get ready. Chicagoans are now finally able to keep and bear arms to protect themselves and their families, and it's about time. All you have to do is complete a Chicago certification course at Illinois Gunworks, and that is the only place you need to go. It's easy. I just did it myself. Illinois Gunworks offers the Chicago certification course and a bunch of other training courses with the best experts in town state certified instructors the kind of people you want training you you could spend the whole day at illinois gunworks they carry most brands and can special order any kind you'd like just call illinois gunworks at 773-889-1114 or visit illinoisgunworks.com illinois gunworks is located at 7229 west grand avenue in elmwood park make illinois gunworks your first stop today Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly, and um, we are joined now by 
a, a true a true legend, a radio legend, a literary legend, and um, a a neighborhood legend. Which, by the way, um, for someone like me who uh, who grew up uh, on the south side of Chicago, a neighborhood legend uh, that that's the ultimate goal. Mike Houlihan, how are you doing, brother? Bill, great to be uh, with you. Uh, I like that neighborhood legend. I'll take that any day that we got. That's from all the mooning I did. To, over at the CK courts uh, back in the day. Yeah. Well, I, I can definitely tell you that you went, uh, that you actually um, did did something. Uh, you made me a neighborhood legend now by uh, by <laughs> you already were. Come on. By immortalizing me in uh, in the Irish American news. Um, yeah, my pleasure. Yes, yeah. indeed. Um, that, that you know what? Did you ever see that movie Bonnie and Clyde? Bonnie and Clyde, sure I did. Yeah, so uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. Um, yeah. The great, one of the great movies of all time. One, my favorite movie of all time. And Frame for Frame, it's a work of art. You could literally just take Arthur frames. Arthur Yes, indeed. Yeah. And uh, more, one of my favorite scenes is in that movie. And that is where um, Bonnie and Clyde, they... You know they're taking a break from all of their bank robbing and and uh, and thieving and, and all their all that you know mischief and they're just having a picnic out in a field open field and um, and they open up a newspaper and there is a letter uh, to the editor that Bonnie uh, Parker wrote about oh, yeah, the legend and everything and the, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. the 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 ballad of Bonnie and Clyde and yeah. and he and and Clyde looks at her. In, in that wistful way that only Warren Beatty could pull off. And, yeah. and he says, uh, you know what you've done there? You know what you've done there? You told my story. You told my story. And then, um, and then, the, and then a wind blows up, and, and, the, and the newspaper blows in the wind. Uh, yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, obviously all great stories, all great legends. Are, are you saying Mike is your Bonnie? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I did not have enough words to tell uh, your story. I can tell you that. <laughs> You know, well, I I, I appreciate you doing that because the fact of the matter is it was almost uh, to the point where it was, um, you know, it's like Ulysses or something. You know, it's almost impossible to even keep track of it at this point. And, you know, I I can't even tell this. I I can't even, um, you know, remember the story. And uh, and you've, um, you know, you you told my story, Mike. You put it right there in the Irish American News. Good. So every bartender in Chicago is going to read that story for the next month. I left the part out where you said you get free drinks in every bar on Western Avenue because I just didn't buy that. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, the weird thing about it is I get free drinks wherever I go, and that's why I'm going to meet you up at uh, Lizzie McNeil's uh, tonight, oh, okay. right? Oh, okay, good, free drinks, yeah. <laughs> that, that's because he's always saying, I'm going to pay. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, Mike, um, you know, I, I guarantee you I, I, that, 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 uh, that um, you know, that article in this, you know, February issue of the Irish American News, that will be framed. That will be put on the wall. And if anybody misses it, they can go to mikehoolhand.com and get it. I mean, I don't have it up yet, but I'll have it there tomorrow. Really? To okay. So yeah. we can let all of our listeners all around the country, all around the world, yeah. who are listening. I want to go to the skinnyhooli.com too. Skinnyandhooli.com. No, just skinnyhooli.com. Oh, skinnyhooli.com. Yeah. And um, and here's a and you know it it, it really is. Um, it's really cool of you to do that. I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I was just a little concerned as I was reading it. I was thinking, you know, if I, never, if I, I didn't have any idea who William Kelly was, um, I don't know if I'd even be able to keep track of the story. You know, um, it was just, it was just, um, 
it was a, it, you know, here, you know, he's a, is he a journalist? Is he, um, you know, is he a political operative? Is he uh, he's a crusader fighting the good fight? A crusader. Thank yeah. you. Although you didn't go to Rice. Yeah, although I did not go to Rice. <laughs> although I did reference Brother Rice in the previous segment, oddly enough, Mike, I'm telling you, really, the, yeah. the world, it, we are all connected. It's the, the, yeah. the, 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 the universe. I'm sure Goethe had something to say about that, but I, don't, I just don't know what it is. So what's the so title? So what? the 19th world, so goes the world. What's the, what's <laughs> the, what's the title of this uh, Crusader's Tale? <laughs> <laughs> Wild Bill Kelly at it again. There you yeah. go. Wow, nice. You see, but there's, there's only one problem with that. Now everybody's going to expect me to be wild Bill Kelly. And if you get elected, it'll be pretty wild, I can tell you <laughs> that. You know, and, and you brought it up, so I, yeah, that's right. I am running for committeeman of the 42nd Ward of Chicago. Um, it's going to be, uh, it's soon to be called, the, soon to be known uh, 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 as the Fighting 42nd. I also see you're throwing a big St. Patrick's Day party. I, I am indeed, and I and I need you to be there, Mike. Um, what is the, it? What, it's March tenth, and um, and you're going to be there. And what is the? Uh, and, and one more time, what's the website? Skinnyhooli.com or MikeHoolahan.com. Mike, God bless you, brother, and I will see you up at Lizzie McNeil's after the show. All right, Bill. Take Thanks care, brother. Drive Take care. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. This is Maureen O'Laughlin, producer of the Kelly True Squad, and I'm here to tell you about KellyTrueSquad.com's Not Just Talk events. Fearless reporter and political commentator William J. Kelly has been on the front lines of taxpayer activism for more than 20 years. From Rahm Emanuel to Dick Durbin, Bobby Rush, and Bill Clinton, he has stood up for the taxpayers when no one else has. But he doesn't just report on corruption. He confronts bad politicians head-on. He has walked the walk, not just talked the talk. And his events are not just talk either. If you want to be part of where the action is, if you want to be part of the best political events, insider receptions, and parties, meet national political leaders, share your opinion, and have your voice be heard. Subscribe today at kellytruesquad.com. At kellytruesquad.com, you'll get all the latest news events and charity features and cutting-edge political video. You won't want to miss a thing, so sign up now at kellytruesquad.com and get your daily dose of William J. Kelly. The Truth and Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And um, it is an amazing honor and privilege to have the, the future first daughter of the United States of America <laughs> on the air with us today. Jackie Gingrich, welcome back to the show, Jackie. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for having me on, especially thank you for that fabulous introduction. Oh, you are the best. And, and you've been on the show before. Um, we, we had uh, the honor of having you on the show, um, I guess it was about maybe last year at this time. And um, you had a, a marvelous book that uh, that gave that that showed all the the great documents of uh, that formed our our country and and some of the principles and ideas behind them, and um, and I remember that uh, I remember that interview because uh, because literally at the very right when right at the very beginning of the show my microphone exploded. <laughs> and I was literally holding it in my hand, and uh, and I, I remember uh, as, as I'm je- as I was honestly trying to figure out, uh, you know, if it, if it was even working, um, you know, like alternating be- back and forth between uh, my uh, my fallback 
uh, my fallback of, of just talking about Bob Hope and, um, <laughs> and uh, trying to somehow have a coherent conversation with you. But, um, uh, but, you, um, but you're great, as always. And, um, and I wouldn't expect anything less, considering you are the daughter of, one, of a man you know, that I consider to be one of the great men of American uh, politics and uh, uh, Newt Gingrich. Well, I've got to say um, I enjoyed being on the show and The Essential American, which is the book you referenced. Yes. Uh, it, really, it really is a great book, and I, I didn't realize that your microphone had exploded, so you did a great job covering. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, but I'm thrilled to be back with you again, and obviously we're very excited about where we are in the race right now. Yes, indeed. You know, the, the, the thing about your, your father, Newt, that, that truly amazes me is how resilient he is and I know from, you know, my own experiences in politics, I, I recently ran statewide in the state of Illinois for Illinois Comptroller. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a Republican, and I believe Illinois is a, re- is a you know, a Republican state. Um, but, uh, um, but, you know, because of the way the city of Chicago uh, disproportionately if, uh, affects the, po- the, the elections in this state, um, you know, it's, it's uh, as of right now, you know, due to lack of Republican leadership in Chicago, it is, um, you know, it's kind of a tough, uh, it's kind of skewed, so to speak, for the mm-hmm. Democrats. But, um, yeah, but the, people, the People's Republic of Chicago. Exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> really, really has ability to impose on the rest of the state. And, you know, a lot of people downstate, they really uh, don't like that. Much. Yeah, well, that, and, and you know what? Sometimes that, uh, that resentment is the beginning of a movement that could, that could change that. And, and um, the great thing about Newt is he understands um, politics, movement politics, um, you know, he's a guy who, who, who knows the history. He knows the issues. He's that rare combination of theorist, organizer, and leader. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, and he began working in politics in the 60s. He first got interested in the 50s. He ran, uh, similar to what you're talking about, he ran in Georgia for Congress in the 70s when, you know, all uh, three or four Republicans could have gotten in a room together in Georgia. Oh. Uh, so he wow. understands, you know, that, that feeling. He lost twice, so don't feel too bad about that. Mm. He lost twice, and then finally won the third time. Um, and Georgia is now, is, you know, a Republican state. Um, and since then, he's, he led the 1994 contract with America, which led to a Republican House. Yes. Um, and then not only did he lead the movement, to your point, he can lead the movement itself, but then he actually implemented what they mm-hmm. ran on. Because a lot of people, first of all, didn't think they would win. And secondarily, when they did win, were shocked and amazed who could actually vote on everything in the first hundred days that they said they would do. Yes. Um, yeah, which, which is, I mean, I, and I want to remind people of that specifically because he's not someone that, that promises things and doesn't do them. He promised them and then, then he does them. I mean, this is a real leader that knows how to connect with the people and deliver results. Absolutely, and a fighter, and, and a fighter that knows how to take a punch and then and then throw uh, throw two or three of his own, you know? Yeah, I mean, we have to really hand it to Newt. I mean, he's like a phoenix rising from the ashes <laughs> over and over and over again. I mean, you know, I have, I have to tell you this story about him, um, uh, and I've said this before on the air, but, but uh, uh, Newt is one of those guys, and Callista both, actually, that, uh, one of those folks that really can remember everything around them uh i have met them several times over the years uh covering various events they were at and whatnot Mm -hmm. and this last time they were in illinois 
I uh, was at a fundraiser and reporting on the fundraiser. And Noon and Callista both walked up to me and go, didn't we just see you in D.C. a couple of months ago? And I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. you did. It's a, it just amazes me that after the thousands and thousands of people yes. they had dealt with, in those four months between the time I saw them first and second, uh, mm-hmm. in this case, mm-hmm. they still remembered my face, you know. And well, it's amazing. Yes. Absolutely. And they, they really do connect with people, which I think is part of Dad's charm. Um, and you were talking about that he's a Phoenix Rising. I, I like to think of him because he does keep going on and on. I personally like to think of him as the Energizer Bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, because no matter what happens, he just trudges forward. We saw that when he um, argued in, in, uh, with President Clinton over the balanced budget, and then he got a balanced budget. Yes. We saw that when they argued about welfare reform, and then they actually reformed welfare. I mean, we've seen this time and time again that he's a man that's willing to stand up, um, get into the fray, and then successfully argue and win for conservatives. Yes. And, you know, and that's exactly what we need right now. Um, You know, so many people in politics, uh, sadly, they don't they're not willing to stand up and say what what needs to be said, maybe because they don't know what needs to be and, you know, what needs to be done. But but, you know, Newt is a a man who studied the issues. He is a problem solver. He's not afraid to, to do what needs to be done, which is to, first of all, do what's so uncomfortable in, in this world today, and that is to, identi- to actually call out the problem for what it is and then, um, and then say, you know, what the, what, what the solution is. In fact, he's, it seems like he's got like 10 solutions for every problem, you know? <laughs> and, you know, whereas like most politicians don't even know what the problem is, Newt Gingrich has 10 solutions, you know, um, uh, a minute. For, yeah, some, you know. Sometimes that gets him in a little bit of trouble, though, we all have to admit. You know, a little, well, that, little too many he, ideas sometimes, right? He is, he, yeah, yeah, well, he is a big, big idea guy, but, um, you know, to the point is, I think you do have a good point. Better, better having many big ideas than having no ideas. Having no ideas. Really exactly. exactly. Um, and, and then again, I, you know, I was People say, you know, what about Newt Gingrich? He just has big ideas. No, he's actually the only candidate, including President Obama, who has actually balanced the budget at the national level. That is right. a huge deal. I mean, we would be thrilled right now if we had someone that would, that would balance the budget at the national level. Um, so not only is he a big thinker, but he's also a really big doer. Yeah. Well, and even out of government, he's done a lot of things. Right. I mean, he's made movies. He's written books. I mean, he's a, he is a doer. Yes. He is. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, he has never won for idle hands. And uh, I guess the good news is this campaign has proven that it, it helps to, uh, to be able to keep moving forward every single day. That's always what he does. Uh, he's very excited about where he is. And if you didn't see the speech that he gave in Orlando this past Tuesday, I would encourage you and everyone, your listeners, to go to newt.org and see that speech. I personally think it was the best speech I've heard him um, give in, in, in maybe ever. Jackie. It really talked about the future of our country. It really talked about where we need to go together. It really did paint his, you know, bright, shining city on a hill. Now, Jackie, now you're talking about the speech that he gave on primary night in, in Florida, right? Yes. I agree yes. one wholeheartedly. In fact, I've even downloaded the text to that speech because it struck mm-hmm. me, um, you know, and, and as a person who's heard a lot of speeches, as you might imagine, and delivered a few of them, um, I, you know, it really struck me that that was, uh, that that was a, a, you know, kind of a, uh, a defining speech and, um, and, um, you know, we were actually going to play a little bit of it, but we're not going to, because obviously we have you here, so we're not going to play, but, uh, but once again, where can people go to actually hear that whole speech? Um, they, they should go to newt.org, mm-hmm. um, and they can go there to hear the speech as well as look at his policies and, and also answer any questions about, um, negative advertisements that might run against him. But to your point, that speech was so powerful because he is the only person um, that's running for president that can clearly articulate 
the conservative message and connect with people. He does it when he meets people, like yes. you were talking about earlier. Right. He does it when he delivers speeches. He does it through policy. But he's the one that creates, that can connect, and therefore creates the enthusiasm for the conservative movement. Right, and that was Warner who was relaying his Newt story right. a second ago. I'm going to relay one of mm-hmm. my Newt stories here. Um, I ran for Congress, believe it or not, um, in 1994 when I was seven years old, amazingly enough. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, uh, and uh, you know, of course I was running in a, a gerrymandered uh, district in the city of Chicago, but uh, yeah, I think it, a seven-year-old beat you. Too, and right? I was beaten was by a, I was beaten by a seven-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but at any rate, um, but uh, I remember on election night, Newt uh, called me and thanked me for running, and I thought, now that is a political genius right there. How did he know that 20-something years later I would be uh, a, a TV radio uh, 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 commentator and I'd be telling that story on, on the radio? How did he know that, that? That is a great story. He did not know, but you know what he did know? <laughs> he knew that you were fighting for the conservative movement. Ah. He, he knew that that was important. And he knows, I mean, of all people, he knows how hard it is to sure. run for an office, I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. you've done it, you know, but it is really hard to run for an office, um, and I'm really glad he called you, but, but that's why he called you. He knows how hard yes. it is, and he knows that you're fighting for the conservative movement. Yes. And, you know, we should mention that uh, we're speaking about Newt Gingrich's run for the primaries here, and a lot of people yeah. in the old days would say that once Florida came and whoever won Florida and maybe one or even two others, uh, it's over. But it's a whole different primary world these days. There are, I mean, let's face it, as of right now, as of the Florida primary, mm-hmm. only 80-some delegates have been given to Mitt Romney, and he needs, several, you know, for, what is it, 1450 or something like 14, that? Yeah, 1441, right? A long way to go. So, Jackie, here's the question. When is Newt coming to Illinois? Do we have a date? Honestly, I honestly do not have a day. I do not have a calendar in front of me. So I hate to say, guys, I'm going to disappoint you with that. Okay. Um, I, I don't know when he's coming. But we are very, and to your point, we have a long way to go in the yes. election. Um, clearly, that's the conservative uh, in, in this race. And we need everyone. Our theory is that people power beats money power, yes. both in the primary and in the general, because whoever the nominee is is going to face more money and more organization. Um, so we need everyone to, you know, to go to new.org, to sign up, to Facebook, to tweet, to email your friends, and even go so far as actually talk to people and put signs in your yard. Um, oh, but yeah. it all makes a big, big difference. And that, that was the other thing I loved about Newt's speech was not only did he give ideas and, and big ideas, but then he also did a little retail politicking, asking everybody to go on their Facebook and send out tweets and everything else, you know, and, you know, don't forget to vote for me. You know, that, that's, that is retail, wholesale retail all in one. And, um, and that's what it's going to take, really, to... Uh, to to win to def, you know to defeat obviously Barack Obama and and um, and and rally people to a, I, I think a real new um, a new a new call to you know to action for for our country for everybody to to mm-hmm. really help get this uh, you know the greatest country in the history of the world back on track and and you're exactly right that's what we need to do what my dad does is he generates enthusiasm I'll give you an interesting uh, tidbit in Florida the counties we won had more voters than they did last primary. In Florida, the primaries mm-hmm. where Romney won, they had fewer voters than they Ooh. did last time. The counties that turned out voted for Dad. He creates enthusiasm because he connects with conservatives, and that's what we're going to have to do to win the general election. Well, Jackie, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate your dad. And 
Um, and I'll definitely, you know, like I said, you know, obviously we're doing TV and radio now, but I, I ran statewide as a Republican. We've got a great organization, and you let me know when your dad's coming to town. We'll make sure that he's got a nice uh, uh, rally for of good people uh, who want to uh, support him in everything he does, okay? That's great. Thank you so much for having me on. You, yeah, I, thank you, and, and uh, keep up the good work and tell your dad that we're rooting for him, okay? I sure will. Thanks. Take care, Jackie. Your alternative resistance news source. Stick around for more Kelly Truth Squad after this. You're right where you belong. This is President Barack Obama. You have reached the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, please leave a message, and William J. Kelly will be happy to return your call tomorrow. The Kelly Truth Squad, only on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And um, Warner, Warner Todd Houston, by the way, everybody. Uh, Publius Forum and um, Prairie State. That's right, PrairieStateReport.us, PubliusForum.com. I love it. I'm working I love with it. WhizBang. I'm a writer for Breitbart. All you have to do is put my full name, Warner Todd Houston, H-U-S-T-O-N, in Google, and you'll get a hit or <laughs> two. All of there you go. And uh, I think that was Newt there for a That's second. Do, it, do we have Newt on the line here? Hold, the tell Newt to hold on. Uh, we just got done talking to Jackie. What is this, the Newt, the Newt show, the Newt Gingrich <laughs> show, the Gingrich family? Um, but, um, but anyway, here's the deal. We, um, I know we, we've, the, the, the board has lit up. Um, unfortunately, I think it's Steve Dow uh, trying to call in again. Um, I think he's jamming the phone lines. He's using, uh, I think he's got one of those, um, he's got one of those like auto dialer things. I, um, I think he's trying to win a, a prize or a free, uh, uh, like a, a pair of tickets or a, or a, a signed. a Bill Kelly t-shirt. Uh, yeah, one of the Truth Squad t-shirts. The, <laughs> um, but um but uh, so don't don't answer the phone just yet. Uh, we'll we'll get to we'll get to Steve soon enough. But um, but I do want to say that that was a great interview with Jackie and oh, yeah. um, Jackie Gingrich. She's hyped up, man. She's hyped up, and she was. You know what? Let's play a little bit of that speech from uh, Newt's uh, night in Florida. give you just two more examples. I will sign that day an executive order reinstating Ronald Reagan's Mexico City policy. No U.S. money will go anywhere in the world to pay for abortion, period. And finally, many of you may have noticed that the Obama administration has declared war on the Catholic Church and other religious institutions. I want you to know that on the very first day, I will sign an executive order repealing every anti-religious act of the Obama administration as of that moment. You know, I have to say, yeah. I have to say that that strikes a chord with me. I'm a Catholic. Oh, yeah. and, um, and we're seeing that right here in Illinois. Yes, indeed. Uh, with Lisa Madigan attacking uh, the Catholic Church's uh, sure. uh, children's, chair, uh, children's services, uh, yes. stopping them from being able to you know, put children in, in good, loving homes simply right. because the Catholics uh, are against homosexuality. And uh, she's, 
She's basically telling them, uh, we don't care about your religious consciences. Right. You know, we're which gonna really, impose from the government on yeah, you. Yeah, which really confuses me as a Catholic because um, I know that a number of these elected officials in, uh, in Illinois are Catholic, mm. you know, um, or, you know, was, were raised or, or somehow influenced by the Catholic te- teachings. And you would think that they would understand that there is a place in our society for, um, for faith, for teaching. You know, the Catholic Church has, uh, I think, a pr- you know, over the, over, you know, the centuries, a, a pretty good record of feeding the poor and, and, uh, and, uh, taking care of, um, all manner of, uh, of, um, you know, vulnerable or sick, uh, people. And, um, well, even, know, even all that aside, whatever happened to the American idea of freedom of religion? Yeah. What I are, mean, <laughs> isn't that sort of a formative American thingy there? Uh, why, why are yeah. these Democrats trouncing all over that? Yeah. You know, and, and it really hurts, uh, because, um, you know, I think that, you know, I, I think really what it comes down to, and I, I wrote an article about this for the Washington Times, communities.com, communities at WashingtonTimes.com. And uh, they, uh, and we got a, a, a lot of, um, a lot of traction on that article. Um, we, we uh, the premise of our article was that Jesus would be a Republican. And, uh, and why is that? Because Jesus was, uh, would not have been for the government confiscating wealth and distributing it uh, or, or ill distributing but, it. But that's not he, what our president said the other day. He said Jesus would support his big taxing, big government statist ideas. Maureen, roll the tape. It's, uh, it's hard for me to ask seniors on a fixed income or young people with student loans or middle class families who can barely pay the bills to shoulder the burden alone. And I think to myself, if I'm willing to give something up as somebody who's been extraordinarily blessed and give up some of the tax breaks that I enjoy, I actually think that's going to make economic sense. But for me as a Christian, it also coincides with Jesus' teaching that for unto whom much is given, much shall be required. You know, I think right, right at the end of that, he should have had uh, the end of uh, Satchmo singing Wonderful World. <laughs> Don't you think? Well, the, and I think to myself, <laughs> what a wonderful world. But, um, but the, I think that where the Democrats and the Republicans... Um, don't seem to be um, understanding or, or better able to communicate is that the Democrats believe that it's up to the government to take people's money and to distribute it as they see fit. Whereas right. the Republicans say uh, what I think is closer to what the Bible or closer to what Jesus or uh, would say. And, and that is um, let people, you know, yes, people should be charitable. People should give to uh, people that are poor, unfortunate, who are down on their luck. Um, and the truth of the matter is that Americans are the most charitable people on the planet. Um, but what we, uh, but, but they, they should do that voluntarily from right. their own heart and their own conscience, not, to, uh, not the government. And that's the whole premise yeah. of Christianity right there. Right. Your individual choice as a believer. Right. Uh, uh, you know, Jesus wasn't saying that government should swoop in and take uh, from all the uh, evil rich. Right. <laughs> he was saying that, that rich folks should 
on their own desire to give back to the community. And let's face it, they do. Right. I mean, corporations give billions to charity. Right. Walmart. Right. Walmart sets up, you know, all kinds of charities in the towns they move into. Yes. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. In I, fact, I the only thing that would actually destroy America's gen- Americans' generosity it would be if they're taxed uh, to the point where they can no longer feel that they can give. Uh, to, if they're taxed to the point where they're, they're stripped of their savings mm-hmm. to the point where they feel that they're in need of charity. Well, and you see this in Europe, too. Yeah. They don't give to charity in Europe. No one does. Right. Because they have the understanding that government does all that. The and they already pay all their money into taxes to do that. So they don't give to charity. And, the and, weird, and that's not yeah, an American concept. And the weird all. thing about it is, um, and we'll refresh our article on uh, Jesus uh, being a Republican. If you go to, if you go to communities at that WashingtonTimes.com, WashingtonTimes.com, communities. And um, what you'll find out is that... Uh, is that we, we, we pretty much uh, uh, cover everything in that article that you and I are talking about right now. But, but, it, but, it, but it's, a, it's worth repeating. And that is that people who, are, um, people who give of their heart are called Christians. Uh, when the government is taking your money and redistributing it, that's called communism. And I know that there are a lot of people who don't believe that there was ever such a thing as communism or that communism has ever, um, and, you know, that, that has ever been anything to be the least bit concerned about. But, um, you know, one of these days, I, I believe that there will be, uh, that people will actually tell the truth about communism. Communism did not result in a paradise or a utopia. Communism, unlike any other form of government, or philosophy in the history of the world resulted in hundreds of millions of innocent people being killed in, uh, in, in what could only be called Holocaust, genocide throughout the world. Okay, they, they called that being perfected. Yeah, they were perfected right out of existence. They, exactly right. It started uh, right there in, in um, you know the the genocide against the people of Ukraine, um, uh, their own you know the the Bolsheviks, their own people in Russia. The Poles, you know, it spread throughout Europe and um, and then, of course, all around the world with uh, the, the red uh, China and the, and the Khmer Rouge and the Shining Path and the FALN. And, and when we come back, we'll talk about more. Um, all that more, wonderful more. Fun <laughs> The fun show. <laughs> exactly fun right. Guys. We'll be back with more of the Truth Squad after this. Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. I'm President Barack Obama. In 2012, if I do get kicked out of the White House, I'm counting on William J. Kelly uh, to create a new job for me uh, hosting a TV show on the Truth and Broadcasting Network. The Kelly Truth Squad, only on the Truth and Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly here with Warner Todd Houston. Publiusform.com and, and a host of other uh, websites and blogs. And he's uh, out there handing out flyers with me every Sunday morning as well. So um, spreading the word in every, in every way that we, uh, that we can do it. And um, I'm going to jump right into this right now. We have a guy on the phone who I met. And uh, he is he's a speaker, okay? Um, and I knew it right away. 
because uh, the second I met him, he started talking, and he didn't stop. He just kept talking and talking and talking. But but you know what? Normally, uh, that would bother me, but it didn't bother me one bit because everything that this guy said was pure genius. And, uh, and, and I thought, you know what? I am, I am going to work with this guy. If for no other reason, then, um, then, um, then he's got all of the answers to all the questions. Like, this man is like, a, uh, is like an ideal Google search. You know, he's like a, he's like a, he's like an idea, um, idea and uh, principle uh, value Google search. He's got guy. some great videos on his website too, folks. Ah. If you want to go there, some great little few, you know, ah. five six minute uh, expositions. Well, don't tell people about... to go looking at videos right now because we're going to have <laughs> well, we're going right. to have him on the radio. radio. Uh, his name is Chad Kent, and you can you can watch his videos later. <laughs> Chad, are you there? You bet. I'm right here. How are you doing, brother? Very good. How are you doing? You know, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Finally, I, I met you at uh, in Rockford. I was uh, emceeing a Oktoberfest, and you were one of the featured speakers. And um, I felt really, you know, blessed to meet you because, uh, you know, you are, um, you know, you're definitely somebody who has, um, who's definitely researched the issues uh, and, uh, and the principles that go along with them. And, and, I, and I think that now is a time in American history, it's almost like we're in a dark age, okay? And we need people who are actually going to come out and bring the issues back to the front and center here, okay? And, um, and you are, I think you're, you're, I know for a fact that you are a person that, that is capable of doing that. Um, and, um, you, know, we're, you know, we're back on the radio. Um, we've, you know, WCV is our flagship station. We're syndicating nationally, and um, you know, after being thrown off of WIND for uh, for uh, for challenging Rahm Emanuel's petitions, but um, and I think that history will vindicate us for that. I think it we, will be proven. Uh, it'll it will be proven that we were in fact right that that Rahm Emanuel is not a resident of the city of Chicago. Well, either that or the G8 summit will completely destroy the city, and we won't have to worry about. it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm, I'd be interested to hear what Chad's uh, take is on the G8 summit, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, but Chad, the reason why I thought the timing was perfect to reach out to you is we got our deal to do Truth Squad TV, and. Um, and uh, we're to doing uh, some tapings on February 19th. Um, we'd love for you to come to town and to participate in panels, uh, the panel discussions on the show. And, um, in fact, we'd love for you to be essentially a, a producer on the show. And, um, you know, this is, um, uh, this is uh, you know, an opportunity to talk about issues and uh, and the principles that uh, that uh, you know current issues and the principles the timeless classic principles that underline these issues, and um, I'd like to do just a little brainstorming with you right on the radio uh, right now if you would. What would you say are let's say six of the of the number of the of the most important national issues facing our country and for that matter the world today? You got you got six minutes to tell us the meaning of life. Go. <laughs> issues. No, well, I can think of two uh, two big ones that are sort of more general, but will make an impact overall. The first one is we. A lot of people will maybe have a good idea of what's in the Constitution and things like that, but they don't know the why or the how to use it. Okay. And just like anything else, if you have this product but you have no idea how to use it, you're not going to get very far. Aha! You mean like my iPhone? Exactly. If you okay. Manual, what are you going to do? If you don't know what any of the buttons do and you just start punching things, you're going to end up with 
mistakes. You're going to end up making bad, bad choices all the time. Siri, okay. how do I use an iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the iPhone is actually kind of self-explanatory. Yes, indeed. Um, but uh, <clears throat> a great example of that is this, the issue with the recess appointments. Remember, uh, Obama made some recess appointments there in January, and everybody's having an argument about it. But I've not seen anybody talking about it with any relevance to what it should mean in the Constitution. And the reason why I say that is the separation of powers is one of the most critical protections we have of our, for our freedom in the Constitution, right? Yes. So we, we need to interpret the Constitution to make sense. Well, everybody says that the, that the president has a recess appointment power. But okay. how much sense would that make for them to say that this is one of the most important protections that we can have for our freedom, but then, hey, we're going to give the president a way to get around the, you know, that the uh, to get around Senate confirmation Senate confirmations of his appointment. Mm -hmm. So we have we have the Senate that's supposed to do this really important job of confirming our appointments and and making sure that the president's not appointing bad people to his executive agency. And that's a great point, Chad, because I can remember back in the 80s when Reagan was president, um, you know, whenever he would appoint anybody, oh, my gosh, the, the Senate, they would rake that person over the coals. And they're supposed to. That's their job. It's a, pr a critical protection. But how much point would there be to give them that, perp that point of um, confirming appointments? Mm -hmm. But then putting in the Constitution a way for the president to just get around it whenever he wants to say, oh, they, they stopped my appointment. Well, I'll just wait till the recess is there. If right. you read the Constitution carefully, you'll see that there is no recess appointment power. Here's how it makes sense. Like I said, we have to interpret the Constitution to make sense because everything in there has a point and it has a reason for being there. It's not just there because it looks pretty. Right. If you look in there, it says, if a vacancy comes up during the recess, the president can fill it on the assumption that once the Senate comes back, they can then deal with the appointment when they're there. But the idea wasn't to give the president an end around to go and to get appointments that got blocked. It was, oh, my gosh, the Secretary of State died and the Senate's out of, out of town. We kind of need that to keep the government going. Maybe we should give him something to make sure we have continuity in the government. Yeah, like right. An, like an that emergency power. Yeah, I remember when General exactly. Haig, I don't know if you remember this, Chad, but do you remember that time when General Haig got up? And, uh, and he I'm said, in I'm in charge. Yeah, right. Do you remember that? <laughs> Chad, do you know what we're talking about, or was that way before your time? I think that might be before my time. Yeah, that was, that um, was when, when Reagan was shot. Uh, ah. Al Haig was uh, at the White House, and uh, he, he claimed that he, I'm in charge I'm now. I'm in charge but, now. But actually, what he meant was he was in charge right then at that second. It at didn't mean he was in charge of the entire government. Right. But he didn't state it very well, and the, and the, liberal, uh, the liberal Democrats really went wild yeah. ripping him up. You know, that, that. that's interesting. Hey, Chad, if you could just uh, uh, roll with us for a second here. Um, Warner, I, I realize that Warner and I have uh, an institutional knowledge of uh, of uh, of of uh, of a uh, of a time in American history called the 80s and neither of us got it in an institution yeah <laughs> there you go and um and there were some real characters now were they now here's my question to you Warner and then I'm going to ask Chad uh, his opinion were these people genuinely larger than life characters or was it just that I was a young and, and vulnerable uh, uh impressionable person and I thought that Alexander Haig and and um, and you know, and uh, people like uh, um, Elliot Abrams, and and people like uh, you remember Elliot Abrams? He was always yeah. on Nightline, and then um, and then people like um, I don't know, you know, for that matter, uh, Peter Jennings. Were these people? Was there something uniquely 
Were there, was that a time in history where peop, there were people that actually had like real gravitas and charisma, or was it just that I was young and impressionable? Well, I think I think they were larger than life figures. I mean, Reagan now is well, looked yeah. back on is like the, the most amazing man, you know, in in modern governmental history. Sure. But even today, we have people that are larger than life. I mean, you're Donald Trumps, you know, he's huge, but but he, is he really? He's, he's larger than life, but he's not. I don't. I wouldn't say he's any intellectual, like we were saying earlier. But uh, but but I mean, uh, is Donald Trump? <laughs> is there? Is he really larger than life, or is he just a product that has just been promoted like Pepsi and Coke to the point where everybody thinks that they. That, that it's there's something special in that bottle, but there really isn't. Well, yeah, but he made himself that, you know. Right. So, I mean, he is, he's larger than life in that respect. Okay. But, no, I agree with you. The, the people that, that were in our youth in the 70s and 80s were definitely more serious yeah. than the people we have now. Now, was that uh, an act? And, like, and, did like did uh, Peter Jennings go home at night and just, like, you know, uh, and play the bongos in, and laugh? Pra- about, you know? Practice in front of the mirror. <laughs> I mean, like, was, it, was that just because at that time in history... Um, people played those characters, and then they just went home and and uh, goofed off, and then, and and or or were they really was was Peter Jennings really that kind of newsman, where uh, you know you'd see him at uh, at the bar after uh, World News Tonight, during you know sipping a bourbon, smoking a cigarette, and and reading the. Uh, uh, you know, reading the, the Pinch, copy. Pinching the waitress's rear. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been. We didn't have the Twitter. And we, the, oh, yeah, we didn't have any of that. Chad, you yeah. absolutely well, also, nailed you know, it. And that's a good point that Chad makes there. And and, uh, and we're going to have to make that point when we come back from a break. Hey, hey, Chad, are you going? can you stick with us for another uh, uh, another uh, segment or two here? Yeah, sure, definitely. Oh, you're you're a wonderful brother, and you know what? I'm going to be in your neighborhood, in uh, your neck of the woods there uh, in, a, in a week or so, um, hosting a Lincoln Day dinner. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit when we come back uh, with uh, more Kelly Truth Squad and, and more Warner Todd Houston and uh, more Chad Kent, chadkentspeaks.com. Chad is, um, Chad is destined for national fame and stardom because he's going to be on the Truth Squad with us, Warner. There you go. So uh, everybody's going to get a chance to meet Chad Kent. And uh, we'll uh, talk to Chad a little bit more when we come back after this. Your alternative resistance news source. Stick around for more Kelly Truth Squad after this. You're right where you belong. I'm President Barack Obama, and I'm here to tell you, whatever you do, do not, and let me be clear, do not listen to the Kelly Truth Squad. Now back to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly with Warner Todd uh, Houston and uh, and Chad Kent, a, a guy who um, we are going to have on Truth Squad TV. In fact, if you want to be a member of the audience or possibly a member of the panel. Uh, for Truth Squad TV, um, we're taping um, uh, the first episode this month, February. Um, Maureen, when? February 19th? Is it a Sunday? Oh, that's right. It's a Sunday. And is there like a Facebook event page or something like that where people can go to if they want to join uh, the audience, be participate in this? If they want to get more information, they can go to um, facebook.com slash Kelly Truth Squad. Kelly Truth Squad. Okay. Very nice. Um, but uh, but hey, uh, before I forget, Chad, um, I am going. I've uh, apparently 
um, accepted an invitation to be uh, one, uh, the MC of a Lincoln Day dinner in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, you wouldn't happen to know when that is, would you? I believe it is a week from tomorrow, so that'd be February 11th at 7 p.m. Okay, so February 11th, 7 p.m. And where is that actually being held at? It's going to be at the Cliff Breakers Hotel in Loves Park. Wow. If you're looking for yeah. information, Joe Terrell's the guy to talk to. And you know what? Thank you. Joe Terrell's the guy that invited me. Uh, now, Cliff Breakers, uh, is it Cliff Breakers Club? No, it's a hotel. It's hotel. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about the Cliff uh, Breakers Hotel, and um, I know that, uh, um, you know, that, and I, so I'm, you know, I'm probably, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to finally getting a chance to be there and, and to uh, be an MC and, and um, apparently I'm going to be introducing a Congressman, Bobby Schilling. Um, can you, uh, can you tell me a little bit about Congressman Bobby Schilling? Is he your Congressman? No, he's not. Uh, he's quite the area. Now, um, what can you tell me about Congressman Bobby Schilling? Because I, I want to make sure, um, I, I, I know that, uh, you know, I like to introduce people uh, if I have something in common with them. And, and uh, the truth of the matter is that, you know, um, you know um, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure I know what I have in common with him because, you know, he's a politician that actually won an election. So, uh, so unfortunately, I mean, right off the bat, I don't have a lot in common with him. Um, I, one thing I did find out is that he voluntarily froze his own pay. Did you hear about that, Warner? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, and he's I, also turned down the pension. I guess to a certain extent, I froze my own pay uh, by uh, con- by continuing to keep my business in the state of Illinois. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so apparently, we do have at least a one thing in common. Um, wh- what else can you tell me about Congressman Bobby Schilling, uh, Warner? Well, he. Uh, his family, uh, he's got a large family, a lot of okay. kids, so uh, they uh, made their uh, their living off of pizza parlors. Now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's, uh, he's a very uh, he's a very good conservative uh, guy. Um, I, I, <laughs> when he first ran, he said he would only do one term, but I think he's kind of backed off on that. Okay. Because uh, I think he's running again, but, uh, uh, or will run again, but... Um, I, I, so I he's, like, he's he's a nice guy. Man. He's a congressman. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Did, did he hold any public office prior to becoming no, a congressman? No, he has never been in office before. So why would you only run for one term? Why would you? Well, no, the congress a congressman is only a two year term. See, one of the one of the things that uh, was <clears throat> one of the issues uh, when he ran initially, he ran against Phil Hare, who had been a Democrat congressman for 114 years down there. So <laughs> you know, so you know what so, I would say. Here, stop right there. You know what I would say if I was running against Phil Hare. I would say it took this guy 114 years or whatever the heck it is to screw up our country. Right. So I promise you that if you elect me, I will st- I will be a congressman for the next 114 years <laughs> to turn this thing around. Exactly. I will be the equal and opposite reaction to Phil Hare. That's the answer. Not I'm going to go in there for two years. What the heck is that going to do? Well, like I said, I think he's backed off on that. And and you may remember Phil Hare as being the one that was all over YouTube saying, oh, I don't care about the Constitution. I have no interest in that. So, you know, that was one of the things that helped Phil torpedo himself. So so Phil Hare is is actually like the – Phil Hare is – it sounds to me like he's like the he's like the anti-Chad Kent. He is the anti-Chad Kent. Yeah. Okay. And a little bit heavier than Chad Kent. Uh, yeah. Chad's a slight fellow, and Phil Hare is – well, he's rotund. Okay, so he's an – 
it's like one of those uh, like uh, equal and opposite uh, universes. That uh, <laughs> okay. Well, so I what else? Say, uh, yeah, I can't say how many years Phil was in, but I think it was only two, maybe three terms. Because before that, it was Lane Evans, who was not any better. But uh, that's a that's a heavily union district there in Rock Island, oh, yeah. the Rock Island area. It's an interesting <sighs> interesting district. So how did our boy uh, uh, Schilling? How was he able to pull that off? Just because this Phil Hare guy just was so off the deep end. With his anti-Constitution rant? Well, it's the whole thing where Phil Hare got caught saying, I don't care about the Constitution, add into that the Tea Party deal in uh, in 2010, and there you go. Yeah, and, and, he, and he he doubled down on that in several other uh, YouTube videos, so he, 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 really, <laughs> he, he really did himself in that, Phil. So... So no, so so any future politicians out there listening, or, or, or incumbent politicians, apparently, um, no anti-constitutional rants. That that's yeah, not yeah, gonna, that's, that's, that's that that's just that's, that's not gonna that's just not gonna that's not gonna work. No, not even in this day and age where very few people are are uh, very familiar with the with the uh, the uh, the. Um, the uh, the Constitution. Well, and Phil 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 made that great choice to say that too, right at the height of the Tea Party, 2010. When, yeah, you know, I mean, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me a little bit more about uh, Congressman Bobby Schilling. Well, so pizza, pro Constitution. Pro Constitution. He's uh, he's high on defense. Ah. Uh, he's a he's a big backer of defense. Uh, now, is there like a defense? Is there any big defense contractors? Or oh something yeah, right up what? in Rockford, there's uh, quite a few. Of Who do we got? Who do we got up there? Uh, yeah, uh, the Rock Island Arsenal. There is the right in Rock Island Arsenal over there on the on the river, on okay. the, uh, Mississippi. Uh, there's uh, a few contractors that work with uh, the F-14, the F-45 Lightning uh, uh, jet that is being produced here in Illinois, and uh, you know, so we've got quite a few. You know, Sunstrand and a couple other uh, uh, defense contractors here in Illinois. And uh, Does Bobby Schilling have a military background or just a, 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 an understanding of what is necessary to keep America strong? I don't think he does, but he may. I'm, I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure about that. Yeah, he strikes uh, me as kind of a military-style well, character. He, he's, he's a pretty nice guy, too. And, yeah. And he's, he's sort of an independent thinker. Uh, as well, he's not. Uh, he's not well, and, and the fact that he just ran just this one time and, and out of nowhere, he's definitely not backed by the party. Uh, the state party was kind of like uh, raising her eyebrow when he first ran. You know, I'm surprised they were like, that the, again? <laughs> I'm surprised the Democrats didn't try to like force him into some kind of a uh, primary. Uh, does he have a primary opponent? I, no, not no. Now wait a second. How can you not be sure if he's running again? I mean, wouldn't he have to be? Running now? I mean, wouldn't he have to be on the ballot now? Yeah, he is. That's what I'm saying. He he changed his mind on that apparently. Oh, so he, he said he only said it like once or twice early in his first campaign, and he never said it again. So my guess is that he was like, no, nah, that was a bad idea. Oh, okay, yeah, because I don't really see what you can do in one term a, as a congressman no. other than you know obviously hit the ground running and and do the very very best you can. Right, of course. But uh, obviously, you're not going to be able to make any humongous. Uh, changes to the to the world. So um, what? Uh, so Chad. Okay. Well, then it sounds to me like we've got a theme here, um, not only for uh, Kelly True Squad TV, but also for uh, this uh, this uh, introduction that I'm going to be giving for Congressman Bobby Schilling. Do, do, does anybody have any idea why he thought that uh, the Constitution was not relevant anymore? Or, or, or well, that was all all about the health care debate. Oh. Uh, he was he was a big backer of Obamacare. And uh, one of the guys uh, that posted uh, the videos at the Breitbart sites uh, had come up to him and said, hey, uh, you know, the, the, the Constitution 
does not give you the authority to do this kind of thing, to, oh. to force a mandate, to force people to buy insurance. Sure. What do you think about that? And he goes, well, I'm not concerned about the Constitution here. Uh, <laughs> do like, you have oh, any idea who, uh, so who was responsible for that video? Probably you know, somebody that you know, it, I bet. It might, I'd have to look into it. I don't recall right offhand. This was already a couple of years ago here. Uh, wow. But, but he's done a couple of videos I like that. Was it? I want to say it was Rebel Pundit. You know, I, that's who I was thinking it was, Rebel Pundit. Are you Rebel kidding Pundit, me? He's out of Chicago here. Rebel sure, Pundit. Jeremy. Jeremy, is, he's, he does some great stuff. I, I am pretty sure it was Rebel Pundit. Wow. Well, this, my gosh. So so uh, Congressman Bobby Schilling is uh, sending free pizzas uh, to Rebel Pundit <laughs> yeah, uh, offices right, every right. day, right? For life. Does he still have the pizza parlors? Oh, yeah. Yeah, his family still runs the pizza parlors. Is it like there? a franchise, or is it his own business? It's his, his own. own. It's, it's his own, own family yeah. business? Yeah, his own own family. family recipe, too? Right, right, have you right. tried the pizza? I have not. How about you, Chad? Any good? Uh, which, I, don't need, I don't know which one he owns. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to try. I'm, I'd like to get to the bottom of that, if we can. But, um, Okay. Well, so far, so good. I mean, I'm hearing everything I like. Uh, he's pro-Constitution, um, um, unlimited pizza, and, and national defense. Yeah, he's pro-life. Okay. He opposes gun control. Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's good. Well, this and, is the uh, guy... Okay. 17th, 17th District, by the way. We didn't mention that, so we should uh, mention he's down there in the 17th. Now, uh, do, I wonder if he's got a strong Democrat opponent now, because that's another I'm one. Sure uh, <laughs> that, sure that would be another really good... Uh, that would be another real good indication of just how uh, powerful or how liked and respected he is. Well, we'll give him a little plug for his pizza business here. I found it. It's St. Giuseppe's Heavenly Pizza in Moline, Illinois. St. Giuseppe's. Wow. This guy is making a strong Catholic statement with his pizza place, <laughs> isn't he? There you go. Um, so, um, so, I, I'm, uh, so I wonder if Lisa Madigan is going to come after him uh, and try to somehow take the... Uh, That's right. No religious pizza allowed in this state. You know what? That, that 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 might just be a problem for him um, down the road. Lisa Madigan. I'm I'm making a note right now. Is um, I'm sure Chad's thinking, what the heck is going on in the, with this uh, Kelly Cherry Squad radio show? <laughs> but um, you said that there were two issues um, that we should absolutely talk about on the TV show. One is um, uh, one is, uh, and you know what? <laughs> uh, and and we're gonna have to find out what the other one is when we come back. Uh, can you stick with us for one more segment, Chad? Sure, no problem. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. Barack Obama again. Uh, you know, President of the United States. Now, I thought I told you not to listen to the Kelly Truth Squad. What are you doing? The Kelly Truth Squad. Only on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And you know what? You are, you are listening to history right now, okay? We might as well just send this, uh, the, this, the tape of the show directly to the Museum of Broadcast Communications. Because not only is it um, the greatest radio show uh, uh, on the air today, but... We are in the process of talking about, okay, and for anyone who's ever uh, wondered how a TV show is created, okay, um, you know, for all the, uh, you know, like the students at the, at the uh, International Academy of Broadcast Fashion and Video Games who, um, who aspire to one day have their own TV show, 
Well, this is how this is how a, a, a TV show is created. Okay, it's messy. Uh, it's messy. It's messy. <laughs> messy. Exactly right. Exactly right. And um, we've got uh, you know I've got Warner Todd uh, Houston here with me. I've got Chad Kent um, uh, from uh, ChadKentSpeaks.com, and we are in the process of uh, brainstorming on what is destined to become the most important TV show uh, um, on television, the, the Kelly Truth Squad, uh, where the show that talks not only about the issues, the, the real issues, and brings together all of the great um, thinkers um, and organizers and doers, but, um, but the principles behind those issues, okay? And, um, and uh, Chad, when, uh, when we were uh, on a break, I, I heard you in my earphone saying that you had a couple of ideas uh, that uh, that you've always wanted to see on TV, and um, and you're thinking that maybe the Truth Squad might be um, an opportunity to to bring those ideas uh, uh, to the masses. Just uh, warning you, I am not eating earthworms. Nope, not going to do it. It's uh, it's been done before. That's been done before. In fact, you know what? That that's been done over and over again. The Greeks, the Romans, they they've all, they that that they did that. They're worm eaters from way back. They were yeah, exactly right. Uh, no cross-dressing, you know, Jack Benny. Uh, the, again, the Greeks. Basically, the Greeks, they did it all, okay? They did. Yeah, they did. But, um, but we are going to make it relevant to, um, to modern-day modern America. So, uh, so, Chad, there were a couple of ideas that you said that you thought would be uh, truly, um, oh, yeah. truly relevant. Hit me. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's actually a tangent on what we talked about before in terms of understanding how the Constitution works and why everything's in there. Yes, and what I'd love to do, and I, I probably won't have time to explain in detail here like I'd like to on the show, but the idea is basically this. The one thing they have to start with in understanding the Constitution and, and what we need to go back to understanding anytime we create legislation and, and do basically anything regarding government is human nature. Human nature doesn't change, and it informs you on basically everything you know on how a law is going to work, how the government's going to use it, and things like that, and what you need to do to protect uh, protect your own freedom. Yes. If we, if we start from that perspective, everything else builds from there. If, if you read the Federalist Papers, probably the, the single term that's used the most is human nature because they keep going back to that to inform what they need to be doing. And I'd love to get a chance to spend five, six, seven minutes and build on that and explain, show how exactly it works. Because when you start from there and then you get into the, the structure of the Constitution and some of the specifics, it's so simple but you'll see lights going off all over the place. People will just start, it just starts making it really, really, really clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, give our audience a little, uh, a little primer on that right now. So, uh, so that they'll be ready when they, uh, when they show up for our taping on the, on the 19th. Okay. Well, let's talk Bobby Schilling then. Okay. Let's talk about that. He's a good example, I think, of what you want in terms of a representative, because think about it. Self-interest is a part of human nature. Like, you're much more likely to care about things that are in your life than you are in your neighbor's life. You might care about your neighbor, but not as much as you. Like, okay. if you lost your job, you're really, really worried about it. If your neighbor lost his job, well, you feel pretty bad for him. Sure. And so if you know that people are self-interested, you know that most representatives and most congressmen are always going to be self-interested, too. Mm-hmm. So they're most likely to do what's in their own best interest. Then how do you have people that will actually represent the interests of the people? right? Okay. It's kind of a difficult thing. So the key is you have to make sure that the interests of the representatives are always the same as the interests of the people. That way, when they work for themselves, they accidentally work for the people on the, on their, um, 
on accident, basically. Okay. Well, so Bobby Schilling's a good example. Since he has a pizza place, since he isn't a politician, he still has those ties back to the people. If he votes for something that is going to hurt people, he's going to hurt himself the same way. And that's why we've seen so many, some of the problems we have is because you see congressmen exempting themselves from Obamacare, giving themselves these fancy pensions, the high, the high salaries, and mm-hmm. all these different things so that they don't, you know, unemployment, yeah, they care, but they're not going to be the ones unemployed. they got a pension. Obamacare, yeah, it's bad, but they're not going to get the third-rate health care we are, so they don't care. And hmm. So if you want to get rid of some of those things, you have to make the congressman as close to the people as you possibly can. And the basic idea behind that is no sane person will ever vote to take away his own freedom. So if every law has to apply to the representatives the same way it does to the people, mm-hmm. they're not going to vote to take away our freedom. That, you know, that's fascinating. Yeah. You know, and that really kind of shows the real... What was really at the 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 problem with communism is that for all of their rhetoric about the people, the the fact of the matter is that the the people who you know the Bolsheviks, the leaders of of communism, then none of it applied to them. They lived they they still lived in private homes. They still had um, you know uh, the newest uh, fashions and and uh, and cars and travel opportunities and and mm-hmm. you know um, money in Swiss bank accounts, etc. Exactly, and there's the difference. This is actually boils down to the, the single biggest difference between communism and our Constitution is this. Communism designs the system that would be perfect, and then they try to force human nature to fit it. But you can't change human nature. It is what it is. It's been the same way since the beginning of time. Wow. What the Constitution did, what the founders did, is they said, what is human nature like? Let's design a system around that. That's why our system works and theirs doesn't. Nice. So, uh, so really, you know, in fact, I, I think... Um you know, and you you could probably quote five other five philosophers uh, uh, who essentially said the same thing in in a different language or something. But I think yeah. uh, Machiavelli, um, one one of the great quotes from The Prince is you know where he says you know most philosophers will tell you the way things ought to be, but I'm just going to tell you the way things really are. Yeah, and that that's the key is we got to be realistic about what we can expect, and a lot of times, well, like. A good example is communism. I said, well, whenever I've talked to people that still think it can work despite its failure around the world, we'll say, but we're going to find some really, really good people and put them at the top, you know, the ones that won't be corrupted by the power. Right. Oh, okay, you you find them. Good luck. And if you're wrong, (laughs) whoops. Yeah, and they were so good, and they were so good that it, it that it only it only led to you know a few hundred million uh, innocent people being uh, uh, murdered in in yeah. the most brutal way imaginable. And I, I can't remember who said it, but it was basically the idea was anybody who's arrogant enough to think that they can handle that much power is exactly the type of person you don't want to have that much power. <laughs> right. Exactly right. Well, the exactly. idea of absolute power corrupts absolutely. Sure enough, yes. sure enough. So, and then, you know, with that, again, we're still on that human nature thing. That leads you into separation of powers and checks and balances and federalism and all types of things. So once you get to that core of human nature, man, a lot of things start making a lot more sense. And you start seeing why things are in the Constitution and understanding that they didn't just put things in there because they looked pretty. Everything served a purpose. Sure. And, and it really, really... Um, I guess the the most damaging thing of all is when you realize that the percentage of Americans who not only do not know what what is in the Constitution or why, but um, probably have 
that have been turned against the Constitution by the media or by even mm -hmm. their own professors telling them that somehow it was written by people who who are irrelevant and, and evil rich white guys yeah that That's that are irrelevant like. at best and were probably somehow um, you know uh, like Warner alluded to uh, somehow um, fundamentally uh, evil at, at worse and uh, yeah what they never addressed though is even if those guys were irrelevant even if they were rich and racist and white and all these other horrible things and they had all these horrible intentions let's assume all that's true does that change the rightness of the principles and the ideas that they put forward does that change the fact that all men are created equal does that change that we all have an alienable right does it change any of those things well you know I what that, that they that... could be the worst person in the world but those principles are still true well, here's a, and I agree with you, but um, I want to talk to you about how our society may have evolved or devolved, I guess maybe would be the better word, uh, to, uh, to possibly destroy those, those, uh, those inalienable rights. Chad Kent, chadkentspeaks.com. We'll be right back with more Kelly Truth Squad after this. Your alternative resistance news source. Stick around for more Kelly Truth Squad after this. You're right where you belong. Okay, it's Barack again. And I see that you're still listening to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth and Broadcasting Network. Yeah, thanks a lot, folks. Now back to the Kelly Truth Squad. On the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly, as always, with uh, Warner Todd uh, Houston, and um, and joined now with um, a guy who is destined for national uh, national uh, platform and success, Chad Kent, a guy who has prepared himself his entire life, um, from what I can see and from what I can tell, uh, for. Uh, uh, to play a key role, a pivotal role in in the in um, in bringing Americans back to the to the timeless classic uh, principles that made our country great. Our own constitutional scholar, Chad Kent. <laughs> That's right. It's like the gar my my government in waiting. It's like go. I'm building a. It's like I'm building a uh, a brain trust. One day, if I if I become president of the United States of America, they will refer to Chad as William Kelly's brain. Are you are you sure that that's a good idea? Are you sure you're look that you want that, Chad? I don't know, but um, but anyway, uh, right before we went to the break, you uh, you were saying that you know that these are timeless classic uh, right ideas, and that um, and that the only way we the only way that they could really be corrupted, regardless of how imperfect the people were. Uh, who, who, who wrote them all down in one place, uh, would be if we deviate from these ideas. Is that pretty much what you were saying? Yeah. I mean, a, couple of, a couple of the founders mentioned that politics is sort of an art, or it's a science, that we can learn things and that we can know things. And I believe that the world was created in a certain way to work a certain way, and there are certain things in that science of politics that work and certain things that never will. And so to me... The, it's a lot like gravity. You know, we can ignore it or pretend it's not there, but it's always going to be there, and we can't change it. We either have to work with it or fail. 
is basically it. And there are certain truths of the world when it comes to creating a government that are the same way. Okay. They will always work. They have to work. And if we ignore them, then we're going to fail. Among those would be like, for example, all men are created equal. Anytime you try to argue that there are different classes of people, you're going to run into trouble. The, the other one would be some of those human nature aspects, power being a corrupting force, so you have to separate it out. It's just a fact of life that you have to separate power within a government or else you're going to end up with tyranny. There's right. no way around it. it and one, one of the biggest problems that groups like communists and socialists have is they think that man is perfectible. That man, and I think we mentioned this earlier in the show, that uh, uh, you can you can fix man, but mm -hmm. but yeah. you can't. And that was one of the genius of the founders was, uh, as Chad is saying here, that they based all their timeless principles on the idea that uh, uh, human nature is human nature. It's it's not some That's fungible odd. thing that can be changed any time you feel like it. And and if you do have that attitude, like many liberals have. You, you eventually get to the point where it does become a tyranny because the only way to change human nature is by force. Mm -hmm. And do we want our government to be run on the principles of force like that? I, I don't think we do. And then you've given this group of people this absolute power to force you or be violent with you to do different things, and that creates a scary situation in and of itself. And to me, the best demonstration of, of, of human nature is if you've ever had a toddler around. You know, with our boys, they they just got to that stage where if somebody goes and takes their toy, they hit. Well, you know, believe it or not, my wife and I don't hit each other. So where do they learn that? Hmm. Right? They did. It's just part of them. They it it was born in them. Right? It's part of their nature. I told you not to set them in front of three stooges all day long. That <laughs> <laughs> should have listened. <laughs> but you see my point. There's there's just certain things about us that are born into us that you don't have to learn. They're a part of you. And there are certain things that, I mean, if you're a, a Christian person, then that's the whole idea of the of Bible and salvation is that we're, we, we do have this fallen nature and we need God to help us to become better people because that whether or not we succumb to it or not, there are certain temptations in our life in terms of, you know, power being corrupting, money being corrupting, wanting to be deceitful, wanting to be any number of things, but we need something to help us not be that. Well, well, one, one of our biggest problems we have, too, these days is we're sending our kids to schools that refuse to teach all these ideas and these principles and this American, American-ness, American exceptionalism doesn't exist in school anymore. Uh, you know, we're not being taught why the Constitution is the way it is, what it means, how it's supposed to work, how it used to work, the things that we had to change because it wasn't working. You know, they just they kind of start off with a baseline that ah, it's all just old garbage news that doesn't work anymore. We're going to do something new. Yeah, and it's interesting because I talked to some, for a good example, I talked to somebody the other day about uh, explaining some ideas in the Constitution and, and why it's fundamentally wrong for the government to take money away from me to give it to somebody else. And she said, well, if the government doesn't take care of people who are poor, then who will? And I said, you. You, you should. Yeah, before government uh, was all powerful, uh, you know, church groups and community groups and, uh, you sure. know, uh, uh, people got together to do that on their own. Right. Yeah. Chad, it, it, you, um, uh, you were saying how, you know, people are flawed and they are fallen and, you know, obviously in the Christian um, kind of per, per perspective and that uh, people are always tempted to choose all these bad choices. The, the How does the Constitution... Uh, kind of prevent, stay, you know, stand in the way of people, uh, our leaders in particular, um, kind of making these bad choices? 
Well, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. Number one is they use ambition against itself. Against itself, mm-hmm. meaning you know people want power. You know people once they get into office are going to try to grow that power. We've seen that to be true. So what they do is you get separation of powers where there's checks and balances. So if the president starts thinking he's pretty big and wants to grow his power, then the Congress should say, hey, you know, we got power too. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we're ambitious, and so they they use that as a balancing act. So. If the president gets too big, then the Congress pushes back and, so, and vice versa, and then, you know, you know, the judicial branch can do the same. And you also do the same thing between the federal government and the state. And it's interesting, too, because I, I notice, obviously, as long as I've been following politics, people refer to that as gridlock. They refer to that as something that is bad. Now, no, are you... Working. Yeah, so that means it's working. Now, yeah. um, so, so I guess, to a certain extent... What, what happens if you have people running the Congress or running the judicial system and the White House, the executive, you know, uh, branch of the government, and they're all from the same party? Um, and that's, that's the problem with you have, when you have the, the party system, whereas, you know, I think in the founders' vision, they imagined the president, the Senate, and uh, the House all being, in a sense, different people or from different uh having different interests yeah but you know even 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 so even so with the party even if you know even if you do have a government run all by one party if it if they were all observing our actual system the way it should be practiced that wouldn't be as much of a problem because they'd still all be interested in their own orbit. Well, yeah. I mean, they that, wouldn't be, they, you know, you people think so. in the House of Representatives would be jealous of their own power you to stop so. the president from grabbing more. But unfortunately, what we see is we see our House of Representatives and our Senate abdicating their responsibilities to the courts. Right. And because it's easier. It's easier to get reelected this way. They can then run and say, well, it's their fault. you got to elect me to fix yeah. it. And then when yeah. he's in office, he doesn't have to actually do anything because they're doing it. Right. So this is where our problem and, is coming. And even Chad, in that situation, yeah. even if you have all three of them working together, there's still a block against the power of the government getting too big because you have the states. Originally, the state legislatures appointed the senators. So they had a power to say if that federal government started getting too big, then inevitably it was going to encroach on state power. And the states could turn around and say, no, no way. And that's going to be different from party power. So that that offered a really good buffer against the, the government getting too big. Well, Chad, I, I can definitely tell you right now that you are the guy who I think is going to offer the ultimate buffer with the truth. And uh, by coming on... Uh, and as a regular on the Kelly Truth Squad TV, February 19th, we're looking forward to seeing you in Chicago. And uh, obviously, if you want to be part of that studio audience or possibly part of that panel, kellytruthsquad.com is uh, where you're going to be able to, uh, to to find out all the details. Click on the Facebook, obviously, the time and the place and the, and the guests and the topics will all be there. Um, ChadKentSpeaks.com. Uh, we'll obviously get a link uh on the truthsquad.com uh, uh, website along with, with Warner. And, and, um, and, um, and the, good, um, the good news is I think I'm going to see you, Chad, even before that at the uh, Cliff Breakers Hotel, February 11th, 7 p.m. for Rockford, uh, the Rockford Lincoln Dinner. And, uh, Chad, as always, I truly appreciate you and what you do and, and, um, and keep doing it. Don't ever stop. Okay, brother? Will do. Okay, we'll see, we'll see you real soon, and we'll be back with more of the Truth Squad, Kelly Truth Squad, after this. Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. 
Valley Truth Squad, only on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly, and um, let me tell you something. What, what an amazing show, um, Warner. Wouldn't you say we've uh, we've covered a lot of ground here? I think it was terrible. Let's, yeah. start, let's start over. Let's do it over again. But uh, but no, we're sending this one to the Museum of Broadcast Communications. In fact, I'm not going to rest until they uh, until they have uh, the um, until they make me the president of the of the Museum of Broadcast Communications. And um, and I and uh, I'll teach a class at the at the International Academy of Broadcast, Fashion, and Video Games about um, about uh, everything there is to know about TV and radio broadcasting. That is that is uh, that is those are a couple of my goals. And uh, once I once I set a goal, I, I work feverishly to accomplish it. Um, and uh, one of the goals that I've had for quite some time now is to uh, be an MC for the Rockford Lincoln uh, Lincoln Dinner and Lincoln Day Dinner. And, um, and uh, this is the year that I finally get to cross that off my, my, uh, my to-do list because of our next guest, Joe Terrell. Um, I was, um, uh, hey, Joe, are you there? I'm here. Ah, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Very, very happy to, ha- uh, to, to have you and, and um, to let all of our fans and, and friends and uh, followers uh, in the in the Rockford area know that the Truth Squad is coming to town uh, February eleventh. Um, We're going to be uh, that's correct. right the the Cliff Breakers Hotel, uh, se- West Riverside in Rockford. Seven p.m. for the 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 Lincoln Day Dinner. And well, social, uh, hour, social hour will be at six o'clock, and then the uh, dinner and program will be at seven. Oh, okay. Well then, I will just uh, leave my house exactly one hour earlier, and uh, <laughs> um, now, now tell me a little bit about the social hour, because you know what I got to be honest with you, I like the sizzle. That's you know, um, you know, of course I, I want to save democracy. That's my side project, and and um, I'm, I'm, and I'm working on that. Um, of course, obviously, national my my you know my uh, media my national uh, media um, uh, company uh, my my. My, I guess you could say, my alter ego as a media mogul is another um, is another uh, thing that keeps me, you know, kind of keeps me motivated, keeps me inspired. Um, you know, try, you know, makes me want to keep up with the latest headlines and the and the hottest fashions. Um, but um, but um, but uh, but sometimes it's just the happy hour or the uh, social hour that that uh-huh. really that really I think is what's really motivating me, Joe and. And, well, um, it, gives, it, gives, yeah. it gives people time to network and get to get to build some personal relationships. And sure. Actually, get a chance to talk to each other and ask questions of the uh, of the several several candidates that are going to be in attendance. How about that? Because um, in addition to our two keynote two keynote speakers, uh, we're going to have uh, keynote speakers speeches from Congressman Don Manzullo and the second keynote speech from Congressman Bobby Schilling. But in addition to the uh, two keynote speakers, we're also going to have two candidates that are running for chairman of the county board, uh, two candidates that are running for state's attorney, and a whole bunch of candidates that are running for county board and other uh, local positions. Well, maybe since you have two candidates for every office, um, maybe you could send half of them to Cook County to run. Um, Because as it stands right now, believe it or not, Joe, we believe it or not, the Republican Party in Chicago, the the Republican leaders, have failed to uh, to slate any candidates for any of the offices that you just mentioned. 
I don't think I don't think we have a single office up for election, and I could be wrong, but I don't think we have any that don't have. Uh, a Republican running. Well, here's the good news. We don't really have to worry about the residency issue because we could just point to Mayor Rahm Emanuel as president <laughs> that, that you don't you don't actually have to be a resident of the city of Chicago uh, to run here. Yeah, just in case I've put boxes in basements all over Chicago. <laughs> just in case I want to run somewhere. There you go. Just in case. There you go. But um, I, can, I can use your residence, right, Rob William? There you go. There you go. Yeah, Joe, I, I don't know if you're if you're interested in running. Send Bill a box. Yeah, if you're interested in running for uh, Cook County Recorder of Deeds. Uh, you know, well, I hear the I hear the uh, Cook County uh, Republican Party needs a good chairman. Maybe I'll come run for that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but anyway, here's the deal. Um, I, I'm very, very honored that, that you've asked me to come out and to participate in this Lincoln Day dinner. And um, um, I'm looking forward to introducing your congressman, Bobby Schilling. We've, um, we've been doing a little research into Bobby. Um, we understand that he's, uh, first of all, a business owner himself. Uh, he's got the uh, St. Uh, Giuseppe uh, Pizza Parlor, right? I believe that's true. And... Um, he is uh, obviously very pro-Constitution. Um, and now, now, does he have a strong uh, Democrat opponent, or is, is, he, is he running? He's running for re-election, right? He is running for re-election in the newly, the newly remapped and highly butchered map, mapping of the district. Does he have a Republican primary opponent, I guess which I should ask? He does, he does not have a Republican primary. Does he have a Democrat uh, opponent? He, I believe Mayor uh, Gulrop of the city of Freeport is going to run against him as a Democrat. Mayor Gulrop? Did you say Mayor? What, what's it here? Say that one more time. Mayor Gulrop of the city of Freeport. So you actually, so so you, so you you you're you're actually serious. His Democrat prime uh, Democrat opponent is Mayor Gulrop. Yes. I, that sounds like a character out of uh, um, out of uh, like a comic book or something. Doesn't it though? <laughs> Mayor Gulrop. Um, man, I got to work that into my speech. Mayor Gulrop. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Gulrop. I, I believe that is correct. Gulrop. Mayor Gulrop. We, we can look it up before your speech, but I believe I'm 98 percent correct. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like that would be rough. I mean, how do you, you know, when you're running for public office, you got to have a slogan. You got to maybe even a campaign song, but Gulrop. I, th um, I think his slogan is, I'm a pile of gull rap. <laughs> well, he, he ran uh, in the last congressional race. He was running against Congressman Don Manzullo, and um, he uh, he got his um, <clears throat> derriere, shall we say, added get, to him on a platter. He got his gull rap kicked. <laughs> gull rap, uh, gull rap. Congressman Manzullo beating him about, uh, I'd say, about 80-20-ish. Yeah, I think that's what about it was. So so Gulrop is not uh, so Gulrop he's just not um we've already said his name more times on the air than he'll hear for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably true. I think maybe we should why move on. Why don't we instead of saying his name, why don't we say Schilling? Schilling. Absolutely Schilling. right. I agree okay, with that. Okay, so Schilling uh, so so tell me <laughs> tell me a little bit about uh, Congressman Bobby Schilling. And um, uh, because I, I, when I introduce him, I want to make sure that I do a, a, a really great job. He, he is the owner and proprietor of St. Giuseppe's Pizza Parlors. Um, he's uh, obviously pro um, all the good conservative principles. Um, the, uh, the things that I've heard about Bobby Schilling is that he's, 
he's one of the guys that will listen to what you have to say. Mm. And he believes in the Constitution. He's going to stand up for the limited government principles. He's going to stand up for the constitutional principles, the free market principles. And he's going to be a fiscally responsible, fiscally responsible candidate. Did he do anything in his first term? Did he? Was there a signature, like a, a, a something that he really stood up, uh, stood up for in the Rockford area there? You know what? To be perfectly honest, he didn't represent Rockford. Oh, I don't know no, a lot about south, him. Yeah, he's south of he's south of he's Manzullo. Manzullo is Manzullo has been my congressman for the last twenty years. Yes. So let me get this straight. So what is he? Why is he going to be there at the Rockford uh, Lincoln Day dinner? Because. After the re- Rockford has had one congressman forever. Oh. But this remapping split Rockford in half. Exactly. Okay, and now so I got you. Half of Rockford is going to have uh, Congressman Schilling. Half of Rockford is going to have Congressman Mandulo. Right. Okay, now I'm getting it. Oh. And uh, the way that the 16th district used to start over in uh, McHenry County and come across McHenry, Boone, mm. Winnebago. And then head over into Stevenson, Joe Davies, toward you know toward the Big River. Right. I got you, but brother. But now, now it starts at the Wisconsin line. It's basically Joe. Now, we are Joe running out of time Chicago. here, brother. But um, I appreciate the the, there we go. the Lincoln Day dinner. Yeah. Lincoln Day dinner. You can get tickets at wcrcc.com. They're fifty-five dollars a person. We hope to see everyone at the Lincoln Day dinner on February the eleventh. Social hours at six, William. Yes. <laughs> I will the be dinner. there, brother. And, and thank you for. Uh, at seven. I'm looking forward to it, and um, I will be sitting at your table, and and um, and uh, looking forward to introducing the congressman. So, thank you, Joe. We will see you on the seventh, and all well, those we details. We're looking forward are, to having you there. Yes, and, I do. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, to a good speech from you. And we'll be back with more Truth Squad after this. Your alternative resistance news source. Stick around for more Kelly Truth Squad after this. You're right where you belong. And now, an important message from the President of the United States. I'm President Barack Obama, and I'm here to tell you, whatever you do, do not, and let me be clear, do not listen to the Kelly Truth Squad. No, 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 no. Don't listen to that clown. If you want real Chicago attitude and real Chicago humor, listen to the Kelly Truth Squad. How do I know that's the truth? Because I'm William J. Kelly. Now back to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And Warner, I have to say that this has been a highly eventful show. Always. It's, it's, it's always good. It's good always time. fun. Um, I'm very excited about uh, Kelly Truth Squad TV, February 19th. We want everybody uh, to go to kellytruthsquad.com, go to the Facebook page, get all the details, be in the audience, be a witness to history, uh, TV broadcasting history. And, um, of course, we're gonna, I hope my voice will be better by then. But if it's not, then that'll just be part of the show. You can and, always um, sign, sign the whole show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just or, do and science. I can stand stand next to you and yell it. There you like go. Like they used to do on Saturday Night Live. Remember that? Hey, Garrett I, Morris used to do the show for the for the deaf. I do remember that, and um, and uh, and I, I think uh, we will definitely uh, have somebody there doing uh, signing sign language. There we go. Um, signing our paychecks. I yeah, hope that's exactly. <laughs> and um, 
And uh, my gosh, we had Chad. Chad is uh, Chad, Chad Kent on the show. Our constitutional scholar. He's um, he's definitely somebody. Uh, he's an up and coming rising star. I I I think that. Um, if I really want to be a media mogul, what I have to do is I have to have people who are on my show spin off and have their own successful careers. There you go. And so uh, obviously. Like Laverne um, and Shirley. Yeah, exactly right. So obviously Chad is destined to have his own national TV and radio talk show. And, uh, of course, we had Jackie Gingrich. And, um, and um, unfortunately, we were not able to get to Steve Dow uh, today uh, again. So uh, my apologies to Steve. But, um, but we will send you a, uh, a gift certificate. Um, uh, to um, uh, to Giuseppe's uh, uh, Saint Giuseppe's pizza Heavenly yeah. Pizza Parlor in Moline, Illinois, um, and um, we're going to be seeing our, our good friend Joe Terrell out there at uh, right. a, a, out in Rockford. When you um, give your speech at the Lincoln Day dinner, yes, I, I was reading that speech years earlier, and I do want to do a small edit to your speech. Okay, Lincoln was a president, not a car. Oh. You see, um, thank you. You see, that's why I um, that, that's why I, I have my my government in waiting here um, to uh, to make sure that uh, could could you imagine how that would have come back to bite me? I know, uh, I know. when I'm running for uh, for president of the United States and and uh, the Democrats in their uh, their dirty trick campaign, their their opposition research people would come out with the uh, you know William all Kelly, those, all those Ford fans. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. They would come out and they'd say, you know what? Uh, here's a guy who clearly didn't know that uh, <laughs> uh, he he had his automobiles and his presidents. Uh, uh, I hate it when that happens. Confused, but um, uh, but yes, of course, everybody knows that um, that Abraham Lincoln uh, was uh, was the president of the United States long before he was a luxury automobile, <laughs> and um, uh, so um, we're very happy about that. And then and then of course you have that uh, Barack Obama. He was now did did I hear this correctly or am I imagining things? Was he actually trying to sell his car on eBay? <laughs> yes, he was. When was this? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's not had, good. No, it won't. That was not going. And work. then after that, it, it bursts into flames. <laughs> so that's you know, a good thing. About I'd, that. I would want to see the car factory. <laughs> Nope, that's not good either. No, but um, but what I would do is I would want to make sure that we had the Carfax on that, and um, <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, Barack Obama, and um, and he'd be drive, you'd be driving that car, and I bet there'd be like an Obama bumper sticker on there. Oh yeah, and, it comes um, with it. I think. There you I go. think you have to have that. It's a <laughs> part of the package deal. But. Um, um, but and then we also had uh, you know some interesting things that we weren't even able to get to like uh, Donald Trump. Do we have the clip of uh, Donald Trump endorsing uh, Mitt Romney or was it nude? Or no, no, it, was no, it wasn't nude. It was Mitt. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's a great honor for me. As everybody in this room knows, our country is in serious, serious trouble. Whether it's OPEC, the OPEC nations, or China or virtually anybody that we do business with throughout the world, they take advantage of us, they laugh at us, they can't believe their good fortunes. I deal with these people, and they can't believe what they're getting away with. So we really have an opportunity to do something great for the country. And just a little while ago, I didn't even mention this, but the CBO chief in Washington announced that Unemployment is going up to 9.2% by sometime in January. So it's going to go up, and the growth rate is going to be at about 1%. So this just came out, not good news. 
Wow, it's, and that's uh, that is Donald Trump endorsing Mitt Romney. Going for, for the Mitt, sir. Going for the Mitt, Mitt Romney. But um, anyway, um, there, that's just way too much uh, to fit into one show. Uh, but we will be back with more of the Kelly Truth Squad next week, and I hope that you'll join us then because it is never too early to begin tainting the jury pool. Superstar Wonder Woman